What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo Gig News and Interviews. I'm your host, Steve. Let's get it on. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the last mile. Um, so for those of you that are first time here, uh, last mile means uh, we are discussing we are discussing gig apps. We are discussing gig app platform work. We can also discuss gigs outside of platform work, um, still app based type gig work that maybe is done through websites instead of apps because there's a bunch of those out there and we will be talking about those as well as sometimes we might even talk about some traditional stuff because david and i have been looking into some options where um like through parapass right now guys if you if you on parapass um have the requirements now the main one that most of you guys may not have is five years of caregiving but i was looking and caregiving i, I guess i i put it in too much of a of a tight niche because caregiving can be um all kinds of things it's it's it doesn't mean elderly care or i mean a lot of things qualify but if if you do qualify for that and you guys are interested um just like with gopuff and i know gopuff is not doing real well in a lot of places i do have an idea for gopuff um i'm going to be discussing with david um we are going to approach them because it might be a great idea um but we'll have to see how that plays out um, but you can onboard to hop, skip drive wherever they are. And right now the, they're not everywhere, but the cities they are in, um, they're like Curry was in the day. There's, uh, um, there's a wait list. So, but what happens with Parapass? any partner on Parapass, you skip the line. So if you have a line to get on and you're, you've wanted to get on hop, skip drive, there's a line, whatever. Um, you can do it through Parapass, and if you are interested, it's $50 a ride um, and pays very well. Uh, you make your own schedules, but it's like W-2 work. Um, and I think there's some perks and some other things that they offer as well. Again, guys, this one is mainly because you can skip the line. So, um, okay. <laughs> so, guys, I am streaming on facebook youtube and twitter on Streamyard, where i can see the comments even twitter come in now i am streaming over here on tiktok tiktok does not have the integration and i can only do this via tiktok when it's just me um, when we do these round tables or when i have panels or when i bring on guests relating to legislation or other gig apps or whatever. I can't do it this way. So till TikTok integrates to StreamYard, it has to be this way. Um, and I'm not, when I do, I'm going to do last mile on TikTok, but like obviously the round table, I can't do on TikTok. So we'll do, be doing that on Instagram, where again, Instagram is connected through StreamYard, but I can't see the comments. So kind of juggling with these a little bit. I know they're trying to get TikTok integrated to StreamYard. And I know they're trying to get the comments integrated over from Instagram. So when they all connect through StreamYard, it'll be a perfect world. But um, as of this point, it is not a perfect world. <laughs> Smack that like if you're in here, you guys. I can't see. You know I can't see anything when I'm in my StreamYard. Um, and I got my notes pulled up. And unfortunately, my other phone that I normally would look at is, uh, is TikTok. Um, so, okay. Um, so I see some comments. Um, where did I see one from Carnifage? And then I'll get into the chat here in just a second, you guys. But um, nothing from Curry lately. Uh, but I have been doing quite a few catering orders on what, like Deliver, Paraworks, uh, Deliver That. I feel like most of us out West are like Delivered's everywhere. I feel like Deliver That's still rolling out a little bit. I mean, I could be wrong. I, I do know a handful of cities where delivered is and delivered that is not. Um, but I feel like when delivered that gets to a market, it's doing pretty well. Uh, Paraworks. Um, I've been seeing lots of orders on Paraworks here. 
But the other thing that I saw from Carnifich, he hasn't seen any curry lately. That's normal this time of year. What isn't normal is I've been seeing a lot of volume. But we're going to go through some things today because not all that volume has been golden. Not all that volume has been um, uh, the orders that I want to see. However, um, the so <laughs> normally in January, this time of January, um, this is January, February. First of all, like we we've <laughs> we've all said this many times. Take January off if you can. That's just a given. Um, that doesn't matter on the economy or anything like that. It's just, it's just what it is. I mean, even when I worked in the service industry, yeah, you take January off if you can. You work as many days in November, December um, when it's popping, but people usually aren't looking to spend a lot of excess money in January because usually pretty tapped. Um, but so normally this time of year, I wouldn't see any curry orders. And then like late February is when they would come out of their nocturnal freeze you know there's six seven week freeze you would see a couple but so much of it um has been reliant on paint that no painting is being done when there's like freezing weather not freezing weather when it's jumping back and forth or it's very cold or whatever so this year i feel very lucky that i have had all these other brands they've bought in brought in some small some large um you know i was talking to um traveler mike uh, not too long ago and telling him that there's just like last year and this caused a lot of new onboarding and stuff like that i i already know of there's actually like nine <laughs> but i know of three national contracts that were signed with curry um and just like last year it will increase their volume again um but again guys the volume look to like the carnifage who's kind of new on getting curries because i remember like a year ago you weren't on curry yet and you were getting um um and you were and you were getting like no curries you were seeing like none because you were saying i don't see any and then you started getting them yours will pick back up here normally this time of year i'd agree with you i don't see any but i'm seeing a lot um just a lot come out low luckily again in my market sometimes this isn't the case but in my market if orders come out at 20 bucks 23 bucks most people on curry aren't even opening the offer and like if I do and whatnot, it's because I'm hoping it's a one to two mile thing. Like for 20 bucks with a curry order, because more goes into it, because you are held more accountable than putting a McDonald's food bag at somebody's door. Um, you actually might be carrying hundreds of pounds of paint. You might be carrying boxes of fragile supplies. You might be carrying plumbing supplies. Um, you might have to pull on to a dirt road or be back in a warehouse district where sometimes there's nails and other things that could pop a tire. So you really got to weigh, you know, what's worth it to you. And to me, like when I see 20, I, I usually don't even open them. So sometimes I do to capture a screenshot, see if it's like one mile, because I do have a warehouse district close to me. So if it's like one or two miles, and even if I'm home, I might go out and get it if I have things to do, or if then I'm moving, I might be getting into some other apps. But again, for and we're going to roll through this. But for um, for January, this isn't bad, and December was great. So um, let me. Uh, we're going to talk about two things today. Um, we're going to talk about the Curry Driver app earnings and offer volume, which I was just talking about a little bit. But we're going to go in a little more in depth and like what I've done the past couple of days because I'm just coming back around, guys. Like yesterday, my eyes were like starting to water. I was so tired; it was crazy. Um, but we're also going to talk about the in-app chat, chat feature, which I'll explain what I did, my part. And some of you were watching the live yesterday morning, which was very early. Um, but I got it fixed and I did it in a way that, um, um, well, when we get there, I'll, I'll explain it. I think you guys will understand what happened and even why I accepted it. So before we get into that, though, I really quickly want to discuss fetch so <laughs> i don't see derek in here today um yet let me let me roll through this about fetch and then i'll say i'll say what's up in the chat uh, i see chris has joined yeah i haven't seen him in a while what's up traveler gary hey what's up nola give me a second um and i'll, I'll check in with you guys uh but if you guys remember i talked about fetch about three weeks ago on last mile so derek 
um, Mr. DSN here in, in Denver. He got on fetch. Tony got on fetch, driven dead. Um, Derek has already taken one. I had one scheduled when I did that live a couple weeks back. And then I, then that snowstorm rolled through and they were very responsive. The app was great. I mean, it said, listen, our warehouse will be closed. And this wasn't just, you know, we've had a few storms roll through here, but this was the big one. Um, like negative temperatures for days. I mean, like it, things were shut down. And so, you know, back in the day, rideshare, that's the mornings you want to get out because you'll make bank um, as long as you feel safe driving on those type of roads. But when it's warehouse work, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because honestly, um, yeah, I don't want to be making deliveries and I hadn't done one of those. But so anyway, it came through, it said it's canceled and it said, you know, the next will drop on Thursday. I don't know if that's nationwide, but here in Denver, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. is what the app fetch deliveries says is when the orders will drop. But I've talked to people and I got to tell you here in Denver, um, <clears throat> Thursday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, when they drop, you'll see one, two or three orders in there. And you're like, OK, wait, this is all the drop. But then I'll see like 10, 15 orders through the week. So I'm confused why Fetch even does a block pickup time because they drop five times as many blocks throughout the week as their block drop date. So, I mean, really, it should just be like Curry and some of these others. When a block comes in, it comes in, offer it. See who gets it. Um, so I'm not really sure why that happens or what, but um, yeah. So that one was canceled because of weather. Last Thursday, when the fetch blocks dropped, I did actually grab one of the three, which was for uh, Saturday, January 27th, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Now, again, guys, this is almost like a Curry route runner. Again, you just heard a three-hour window, but it's not Curry route runners work on, on half day and full day. Full day pays you for eight hours, no matter how long it takes, unless it goes over. Over, you get time and a half. And it's 30 bucks an hour. So you get 45 an hour for anything over eight. Half days, you have four hours, you get paid for four hours. Anything over is time and a half. Um, and so the way that I've heard fetch all comes out in three hour blocks. I've talked to people, fetch isn't in every city at all, but it's in some big cities. So if you're in a big city, check if it's in your city. Um, but from what I've heard from people, and I've talked to about three people who have done it. A hand, like, you know, five, five to 10 times, let's say. And then Derek has done, I think one or two here, but I've talked to like two or three other people in other States who have done blocks before. <clears throat> and they, and not one person has said that you'll do the whole three hour block. That was pretty much the case with Curry route runners too. When I was doing those, when you do a Curry route runner, you use a 26 foot box truck and it's fully loaded. You get to the to the dock. Um, you park your car, you use that truck, you use their gas, you do a, a route. When you're done, you get paid. I did a route runner for a couple weeks and, um, you know, basically what? So eight hours times, uh, 30 an hour. So, you know, 240 bucks was the payout to the app. Uh, eight hours after you started the shift, as long as the truck was returned. I never once got to six hours even. So I was doing eight hour curry runs that were taking five to six hours for two weeks. Pretty much consistent. Like maybe one day it dipped like four hours, 45 minutes, but pretty much five to six hours. And every day I was being paid for eight hours. Everybody's told me the same thing with fetch. You're, if it says four to seven, you'll be done by six. You know, it's just a kind of a little gap time because they also do a thing where if you don't have your own bags, they give you like these big mailer bags and you got to bring them back to the warehouse. And I think that's why they allow for the extra hour. They know it's a two hour job, but I picked that up on Thursday um, and it was for Saturday, the 27th from four to seven. Well, Friday came around and that's when I got the curry to Wichita, Kansas, um, scheduled to pick up Saturday after 5 p.m. And a lot of times on the weekends, these these long haul routes, you just never know what time of day they'll come in. You never know what details there might be because it was a Ferguson plumbing. 
But Ferguson Plumbing, the location I would normally go to, isn't even open on the weekends. So what it was, was there were some deliveries and they have like this uh, mid-center facility. They have Ferguson's around this around the city, but they have a couple of um, like mid-center shipping features. Like if a truck was out or things were supposed to go or whatever, and it didn't get picked up, it's supposed to be picked up Thursday or whatever. And Friday at the end of the day, it's still there. They would truck things over to these facilities and then they try and hot shot them out, which is what I got. So this was supposed to be delivered. It was running a day late, not by me, but so they hired out to Curry. Hey, do you have a, a one-time driver? So I took the hot shot, one off as they're called. Um, and the details were I could pick it up five, five boxes weighing 50 pounds each of plumbing supplies um, after 5 p.m. on Saturday. So that's the same day that I'm scheduled now to do the four to seven fetch block. And it's my first one. So I don't want to dump it because it's the same. It's set it on the app even, you know, releasing um, shifts within 48 hours can get you deactivated. What well, was Friday night? So I'm thinking, OK, after five, I can figure all this out. I'm going to get this thing done. Four to six is what I've been told. I got my own bags. I'm not going to need to go back. So um, I had watched the training video that they send. Um, I had spoke with people, like I said, about the app. And I was told to show up 20 to 30 minutes before um, So they, I was told to uh, show up 20 to 30 minutes before to run through how the pickup works. And I don't know if you guys know this, but this is very, this is strange because um, this is, I don't know if you guys saw the articles. I posted some, I talked about some that, is it Instawork and some of those, basically like the, not Winolo for some reason, but like Instawork, I'm trying to think of the other one. Here in Colorado, specifically, so it's very relative to what I'm about to talk about, um, they're being sued for millions of dollars. Now, remember, these, these companies haven't changed anything they do at all. They have just uh, continued since the pandemic. And you need to realize these people saved us during the pandemic. These are kitchen workers. This is kind of like part-time staff. You guys ever remember like um, temporary agencies that you'd go into? A lot of times those weren't just to fill a three or four day position. It was it was like they needed a worker, but it was almost like a trial period too for both you and, and the company. You know, like, hey, do you want to work in the kitchen? Great. You know, maybe they hadn't had good luck or whatever and people were quitting on the second day. So they said, you know, whatever, let's go with the temp agency because it was a good way of figuring out if you're a good fit. You know, hey, we need you for four days. At the end of the four days, often you would be offered a job. And so that's kind of what some of these were looking at. One of the things that the Colorado suit states is that, and we kind of already, you guys kind of probably already know this, but um, temp agency apps are being sued for millions of dollars for misclassifying workers, which we're going to see on March 11th with the rule change. Um, uh, and who they go after is a totally different story. Don't well, we won't go there today, but they went after them and basically fetch is doing the same thing because to have to go in 20 to 30 minutes early to be shown how to do the job means that, and some of you, some of you may look at this and think that's just, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, it is what it is. And if you have to be shown how to do the job, you definitely do not pass the, the, independent contractor uh, status even before the rule change because that's the company having control over you. It's the same, you know, if, if I walked into Fetch and they gave me a Fetch shirt and I was able to just take it as, as um, you know, a freebie and throw it in my car, great. But if they gave me a Fetch shirt and said, while you're working this app, you have to wear this, that's not allowed. That's I'm an independent contractor. It's up to me to use what tools I want to get my job done. And if they have to train me on stuff, then they are definitely walking that line of they it's almost like they know you're an employee without the employee perks because they're saying, you know, like, well, here, let me show you how we do all this. Well, okay, I'm an independent contractor. It should just be like I'm doing A to B. 
if you have to show me stuff, that's where, and to be honest, I was relating that because I think, I mean, I would never ring the bell on them, but I mean, maybe they're too small and they flew under the radar, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get tied up in this misclassification suit here. And this is happening right now. This isn't legislation coming or whatever. The suit's already been filed. Um, those companies, I think, are temporarily shut down here in Colorado. So we'll see what happens there. And it's all because of that rule change. So for those of you, you know, we're going to keep talking about it in parts because it's hard to digest it all. I've been taking in way too much. But to be honest, like, you know, like these are signs, you guys. I mean, like, take them what you want, you know, but... I've talked to too many people, you know, I know, I know, I know some channels, I know some, some, um, some content out there says, no, it says that it won't touch the gig economy. Okay. If I pull up 20 articles on the independent contractor change and relative to the gig economy, all of them, except for one say, I have no idea. I've had lawyers on here now, Pacific legal. I've had uh, legal rideshare had a lawyer from, um, Arizona on, and we've been talking about this stuff and they're saying, absolutely not. Of course, the gig apps will be affected. It'll just be the companies, which will in turn hurt the drivers because they're going to be penalized for all these years. So, but in the end, we don't know how each state will react. Okay. <clears throat> but that one article that says gig apps won't be touched by the rule change. I want you guys to go find that because there's actually like three or four because one picked it up and then you know people spin it off and whatnot but here's the thing that they um if you read that article very closely because i had people saying no 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 i read this article and they were saying i had already seen the article but they sent it to me and it was just wordplay because what it said was that uber lyft yada 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 um had said this will not affect us okay if every lawyer in this country doesn't even know how it affects them, lawyers who will be the first to get out of this stuff and file lawsuits, and if they're telling me, no, it will affect the gig economy, all right, if you're believing the one article, and I can't remember what its origination was, it was, you know, whatever. But I mean, if you're believing that one article, um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you because the rule change... I did a lot of lives last week. I wouldn't even know how to tell you guys which ones to go listen to because they were all pretty long. You know, the Kim one with Pacific Legal Foundation, uh, Mike Harubi in the end of the American Dream. My John Lopez discussion on Friday was great. Um, lots to be learned in there. But to be honest, everybody agrees. Yes, the gig economy will be touched. It may not be the workers. It may be the companies. I mean, we've seen legislation that says that half of... Um, you know, that about about a third or half of the states are um, about a third or half of the states have legislation or in their legislation, it has caps. So let's say that like a certain city likes to have 5,000 rideshare drivers on, on Uber platform on Friday. Some legislation, some states says no longer you can have 3,000. So I want you guys to do that math immediately too. What happens to the other 2,000 drivers that normally Uber would just let on the app and not get any rides? Now they're going to have a cap and they're going to be fined. And check this out. Like um, New Jersey's legislation says that they will be fined on a daily basis. So they're not going to be accruing these things. And that article, basically, it was given to me by a friend who's in that circle of legislation and was basically saying that they don't trust like some kind of monthly accounting. They want daily numbers of how many cars on the road. They're going to check it versus comptrollers. They're going to see, and they're going to check it versus dispatch. They're going to check it versus ratio to cabs. I mean, they're really going after how many gig workers are working. And yet I haven't seen a damn word in any of the legislation about illegals working the platform. And that's bullshit. Um, but so anyway, um, with all that, I got one more. I will report back to you guys. It's this weekend with Fetch, um, and we'll see how it goes. I'm going to jump over to the uh, to the chat and say hi because UDM said, is this pre-recorded? <laughs> uh, what's up, Traveler? What's up, Cody? What's up, Gigan? Hi, even Asuka. Uh, what's up, Rick? What's up, Mike? Uh, Carnifage, Chris, John, um, Gary. What else I got? Nola. Um, 
UDM, what's up? And uh, I'll keep spelling my name wrong. It's <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see. Well, you call me the name you see, not the name. <laughs> okay. Um, no, yeah, I'm live. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just a little out of it. And now I'm going to explain why UDM, if you weren't, if you weren't following the past few days, I've been woo, basically starting Saturday during this fetch thing. And that was part of the other fiasco too. Luckily, I mean, even with a penalty, like it had the Friday curry pickup been at like 5 a.m., I wouldn't have waited around to do that fetch block. I would have rolled the dice, canceled it, and taken my chances. But since I couldn't pick it up till late anyway, might as well go for it, you know? So I was trying to still fit it in too. Um, but okay, let's talk about the curry thing. So the curry that came in on Friday after I picked up the fetch, so now the fetch is canceled. I'm like, whatever, I'm moving on. I go over to the pickup. I pick up my curry load, my five boxes, 50 pounds each of pump plumbing supplies, and I get on the road. And um, here was the offer. And I got some very mixed uh, um, reviews on, well, not very mixed, but about 20% said, no, they wouldn't take it. I have some theories. So you guys know me. I look for certain amounts. Um, being winter and that things are a little slower, I this it wasn't like this was so low. And what am I doing taking it? I would I would take this again tomorrow. To me, this is a good is a good gig. So Denver to Wichita is four hundred and ninety eight miles. It actually ended up being four hundred and seventy two to where I was going because it was a little north of Wichita. Um, Nine hundred and ninety six miles round trip at the four ninety eight, but you take about what. I don't know, 50 off. So it'd be about 950 miles um, to the round trip. Uh, five, five boxes, five 50 pounds each of plumbing supplies pay $986. If I had done that round trip, that's 16 hours, eight hours each way. Um, it's, I, I need you guys to, to hear this too. Um, it's now remember, we'll just go by the nine, nine or by the nine, nine, six, even though it was off the round trip. So 996 miles, $986. So 10 more dollars, it would have been a dollar a mile round trip. Um, but it was actually more than a dollar a mile because it was less miles. But at the 996, I'm getting that much money. Plus, guess what? I'm writing off $996 at 68 cents a mile for my next year taxes. I already have a way enough from Curry for last year for this year's taxes. But already in January, I just wrote off a thousand. I just wrote off six hundred and eighty dollars for my next year's taxes. Like this year's are in great shape because I do a lot of curry. I mean, mileage, dude. To the people that don't understand, we can have the any talk you want anytime. Mileage is a gig worker's best friend, unless you're in some car that you don't think can make it more than forty miles, or it'll die maybe. That's the only thing I can come up with because a lot of people say, I don't want to put those miles on my car. I don't want to. Yeah. Around town, I get it. You know, and somebody, I think Bud Soda had come into the comments and said something to a comment that was made about, yeah, but you know, you're putting about that many miles on kind of over time around the city anyway, and you're more likely to get in accidents. And that's a hundred percent true. Every insurance agent will tell you that that's a fact. Highway miles are easier on your car, um, less chance of accidents. Um, and here to here to Kansas is flat. I've done here to Vegas. I've done here to Salt Lake City. That's some mountainous terrain too. But this is just flat. So of course I took it. But $680, $680 already off my other taxes. That's pretty good. And also remember that rideshare drivers are under the microscope right now for the miles they claim. And we saw that last year with some audits in Oregon. Um I already, some of the lawmakers I've been talking with, that's one, like in New Hampshire, that's one of the biggest issues they have with the legislation they're pushing is that literally, if they could not sound like as scumbaggy as this will sound, they would literally just come out and say this statement because it kind of summarizes the, the mega paragraphs they write about this crap, which is, listen, 
we don't trust you gig workers. We think every one of you lies. And we don't think any of you are honest about reporting the miles you actually put on your car. That's the statement they would make in in um, in Massachusetts. Sorry, um, because right now they really don't. They really, really believe. And I got to say, guys, like, I don't know about the part timers and stuff, but the full timers, like I talk to a lot of people about taxes and stuff. Again, I would more refer them to Marissa. But like I can tell you a little bit because I've been doing this since 2015 and I've been doing it as a traditional IC since the late 90s. I do understand traditional independent contractor taxes and mine. And then Marissa is a CPA um, tax accountant. So like, yeah, we got some good information, but I've got years experience reporting this stuff. I can tell you the basics. And if not, I'll tell you, I don't know about that. But I can tell you some of the things you can and can't do. And one thing for sure is you better be tracking your mileage. And I would even say as far as to like, maybe even make some notations. If you put like a lot of miles on one day, maybe make a notation as to why that was so many, if you're going to be claiming them. Because in an audit, we know in Oregon, they were asking you Uber and Lyft drivers to produce the documents of all of their clients. This is one specific person that Sergio and I know, a rideshare driver, and he reports his taxes just like I did when I was doing a lot of rideshare and like Sergio does. He's actually doing it the same way we would. But when he got state audited by Oregon, they came in and they said, okay, well, where's every client you drove this year? And he was like, what? He's like, I don't have the list of names. He drives full time. He said, I don't have the list of names from clients I drove last week. Go to Uber. I don't have that information. And they said, you're the independent contractor. These are your clients. You have to have that. And he goes, Great. I don't have it. He goes, I, I accepted their TOS, which I would assume is in line with laws. He goes, so to me, it's very weird. You should be going to Uber for the client's information, not me. He goes, all I can show you is my 1099K and what they've sent me. And here's what I earned. I don't have a list of, cust of, of my client's names because they were provided by an app. The auditor said no excuse and fined him $5,500 on top of what he had paid into taxes. So he got a major fine for, for doing... And from, from the sounds of things, the auditor even knew. Yeah, I know, I should be getting it from Uber, but we can't, so we're coming after you and we're gonna, get, we're gonna squeeze money out of you that you don't even have. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, again, Uber playing that double card. You know, we want to treat you like employees, pay you like independent contractors. The point of an independent contractor is to be paid and treated as such. Um, and to be honest, they don't. So, you know, I mean, what I mean, what do you what are you gonna do? I mean, when the auditor comes, because to me, it's like it's like backwards of the old drug enforcement days. Like if you guys remember, like you know, if somebody, if somebody got picked up off the street for selling drugs, they never wanted that guy. If that guy was willing to flip, they were always willing to let that person off and make deals and, you know, give you money even. I mean, just crazy stuff to, to narc out the person above you or to kind of throw the bigger fish in. Now it's like, I feel like here it's the polar opposite. It's like we've identified the problem. It's Uber. And so they've, they've identified the kingpin drug dealer. I don't want to relate that to us, but, but then they, but so they know this is it. But instead of going after the little fish to get to the big fish, they're just going after the little fish to, to take money from them they don't have. I mean, that's, that's clearly a sign of abuse and reform need. And so therefore, you know, I am not a fan of legislation, but if this is the kind of moves they're making where Uber saying go to our, Go to our drivers. They, it's their clients, not ours. We drivers don't even have those clients' names, Uber. You can't tell the IRS that. Come on. You know, like, clearly you're skating laws. So, um, did I get there? Yes, I did. Um, and uh, I was going to, again, I was going to drive right back. You know, I would have slept. I slept a few hours in my car. I've done that before. And then I was going to drive right back, 16 hours, little rest in between. But this was Saturday night, and Sunday was the Lions game. And I'm a diehard Michigan fan, born and raised there. So 
I had to stop and watch the Lions game. So I dropped off in Wichita. And instead of going into Kansas City, because I didn't want to get into the big city, you know, the big part of the city, I drove north out of Wichita back up to I-70, which takes me back to Denver. And right there is Topeka, Kansas. So I got a hotel, a fair priced hotel, went to a bar, walked in, in my Lions jersey. And um, every single person in the bar had a Chiefs jersey on, and it was halftime of the Chiefs game. Now, luckily, I've worked in many bars around the country, and <laughs> I'm very comfortable in any setting. So I made friends with all of them. Of course, I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm having fun. I'm watching. You know, everybody expected the Ravens to win. Um, I think that was that was something big, and uh, to to watch Kansas City win and. Um, so I sat there and watched, and then they were watching our game. We all know that it didn't go too well. So I went I went to bed and uh, went back to my hotel, went to bed, got up at 5 a.m., drove back to Denver, was back here by 12.30 Monday, 12.30 in the afternoon. So lunchtime Monday. I would have been back Sunday night if I hadn't stayed and watched the game. So again, $1,000, I would have been back in, you know, 24 hours. That's a lot of money, you guys. Um, I know that sounds like Bud Soda type work hours, <laughs> you know, like working for 24 hours. Again, it would have been 16 hours of driving with some sleeping here and there in the car. But then I would have taken some downtime when I got back. Okay. So at um, 1230, as I'm rolling back into Denver, I see a $70 curry come up. It's 1230. I've been on the road and it's right two miles off the highway at, from the exit I'm coming up to and it's going downtown which I'm going to have to go past my house and come back, but not by a ton. A big part of me was thinking, don't, don't just go home. You're tired. But I wasn't like dizzy tired or like loopy. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to knock this out. So I did it, went home, um, started doing, you know, pulled in my, my, my go bag, did my laundry, um, you know, just kind of did some house stuff, caught up on some emails. And then I couldn't really get restful. I was still amped from the, um, from the trip. And I got to say that I, I went, I tried to stay up as late as I could. So I'd get a really good sleep and get up back on time, but I couldn't even get to sleep. It was like 10. I was kind of laying there rolling, tumbling around. And then about 1030, I probably did fall asleep, but I was in like the weakest sleep ever. And this is why I leave my curry app. I don't leave sound alerts on, on any app at all at night. Never. But Curry's on 24-7 because a lot of the long haul offers come in at the weirdest times. This wasn't a long haul, but so now this is the night I got home. And at uh, 2 a.m., ding, I, I hear that Curry noise. And I see it light up on my phone from my bed. And I see um, $110 for 12 miles pick up at 4.30 a.m. Well, it's now 2 a.m. And I'm not sleeping well, so... I'm like, okay, normally I get up a half hour before I need to run out the door. It's like two hours before I took a nice shower, had some coffee, kind of like barely rolled up, got the 4.30 delivery done. And as soon as I got in my car to go pick up that 4.30, which again, is a those are one of the rare ones you see. Um, but right then a 5 a.m. came in and it was in a location I go to quite often. So I was like, that's weird. Um, cause it's in a warehouse district where there's normally nobody there. And I, I was dropping off near there, not right at it, but near where this facility is for the first order. So I was like, I'll grab it. But I, in the back of my head, I knew this is going to be a problem. I just know, cause I know I've been on curry for three years come May. <laughs> so, um, so I know it inside and out. Um, but so I took the 5 AM and I had an 8 AM scheduled. So the 4.30 happened, got my 110 payout. The 5 a.m. I got to it and exactly what I thought. So exactly what I thought. The, the 5 a.m. location did not open until um, 8 a.m. There was a security guard there. I got out of my car. I spoke to her and I said, I've been here before to do pickups. I said, there's no way this place is open or like a sink because their lights are on. It's a big industrial thing. And I said, I, I mean, I, I'm sure there's a couple people here, but I had a strange order. It's not their normal POs. Um, is there a chance that somebody put in an order to get, and somebody's here? And they said, 
she kind of pointed and she's like, no, these are the bay doors and there's no other way to take a shipment out, which is usually the case. She was just confirming what I knew. And she's like, and they do not open till eight. She's like, sometimes they get here at seven and they do a little setup and some stuff. She goes, but even when they, even if they're done setting up by seven 30, she goes, they have coffee at, and I, at a couch area in there. She's like, till late, they will not open the doors for early deliveries. And I was like, okay. So I'm like, this definitely is wrong. So I knew that there was a help. The help feature had been changed. The original help feature on Curry was the best. You spoke to somebody in LA within a minute. Well, they've grown a lot and they've moved to AI interface that then sends you to a real person here in the country who can talk you through issues. But I hadn't had to use it yet. So what I did was um, I um, I called, so I, I know a bunch of people at Curry, but I called the um, uh, the logistics coordinator, the director of logistics at Curry. And he's a friend of mine. And I called because he had told me, hey, listen, the next time you need to use the help feature, call me first before you engage the help feature because, because he's the director of logistics, he can actually log in in real time and watch me putting in the ticket and stuff through the help feature. And we found bug after bug after bug. I'm like, I did put it in and no, nobody is responding. And he's like, that's weird. He's like, well, go back out. So like weird stuff, like we were trying stuff, go back out, hit this button instead of, you know, after you hit help, hit this. And I was like, okay. I'm like, just, so we're on the same page as we move along here. I'm like, I'm like, this is already, most people won't figure this out. And he's like, I know. He's like, I'm just trying to walk. He goes, I, I know about two or three of the hiccups. He's like, but I'm trying to walk through piece by piece with this with you. Um, because I know that, you know, maybe you'll show me exactly where the issue is. So we went through every, everything I did. I was telling him, okay, I'm typing this message in the box. And then there was the problem of, Hey man, and I'm sure some of you guys have seen this on apps before or whatnot. Gary's in here. I'm sure Gary's had this issue. Um, you know, like you type in a in a character box, and then the keyboard's up, but there's no way to send the keyboard down. You can't scroll the screen up to hit submit. Well, that was an issue. So I'm t I typed out, and this is the second try. I typed out my thing, and I couldn't scroll up to hit submit the problem. And this is live chat. This is who's supposed to be able to say that I can say, hey. In the, I mean, I did in both. Hey, I'm a, I'm here. It's 5 a.m. I got dispatched at 5 a.m. Uh, the place doesn't open till 8 a.m. I'm not sitting here. And so um, he was like, well, double click the Curry logo or the Curry name above the top of the text box field. So we, we were like Jimmy rigging this whole thing. By the end of it, they had figured it all out. Um, and he said he'd get back to me. This was yesterday. He already got back to me today. And he said that by Monday, all will be fixed with the chat. So I'm really glad to hear that because we sat there for probably 20 minutes. Normally, I would have got 20 to $25 for a canceled order. Now, if I didn't have that 430 or that 8 curry, I'd have been pissed because if I'd got up and drove down there to pick that up and they weren't open for three hours and I'm going to only get like 20, 25 bucks for getting up at 4 a.m., I'm going to be upset. And now I'm starting to get a little tired too, but um, because I helped him and because we walked through it that way, and he said that should it was a customer input issue, and they're working on, um, it seems like something that would have already happened, but they've been adding a lot of new clients. So they're working on, because uh, the customer put in 5 a.m. pickup, not knowing that the place wasn't open. Sometimes these are, are like B2B companies. Like Sherman Williams has a, a system where they work on their system in Sherman Williams. And when they want a curry order, they just hit send from their system. Curry built them an interface that takes their system and runs it to Curry. That's one of the reasons they love it. Um, and they've done it for other businesses. Now, for just anybody, they can get in there and say, I need you know this from this. And um, okay, well, we'll get it. What time do you want it? Now they're going to go and go to the business hours. They're going to call all the companies and confirm. By the way, this company did have it listed that they're open at 5 a.m. So I don't know if they took it off the Google information or what, but now they're going to make the companies submit their hours every day. And then they're going to make those um, like selection boxes for customers so that if he wanted 5 a.m., it would be deselect or it would be um, not selectable. You know what I mean? Five would be like, like, dim and then till eight and at eight you could start choosing so you could see 5 a.m but you couldn't pick it 
And so that's what needs to happen because I've had one other of these and it was a while ago, but, um, you know, have, have, if I wasn't in the middle of a sandwich of curries, especially after that trip to Kansas, I would have been pissed, but I got the full pay on that. I got my, I got the 110, I got the thousand, I got the 110, I got the, um, full pay on that, which was 68. And then I did my eight o'clock, which was 57. So whatever all that is, um, you know, uh, somewhere around just over 1200 bucks and probably about 1100 miles in Sunday to Monday. So I left Saturday at, I left Saturday at 6 PM from Denver. And this was Monday at 9 AM when I was done. So in the course of 39 hours, I made $1,200. Boom. That's how it's done. And I get to write off 1,100 miles at, at 68 cents a mile. So about $700 in write-offs. Um, seven, $700 in tax write-offs, 1,200 bucks in under 48 hours. I had people in the comments say that's not a good dollar ratio for for that. I I wouldn't do it. Most people, when I put out the community post, most people said, I said, would you take this? And I put all those details I read to you guys. And most people said, yes, 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 yes. The first like 20 were yeses. Then the others started trickling in. Who knows that some people don't play it too, but some people were leaving comments. No, I wouldn't take that. It's not a good dollar ratio. And one of the questions I got to thinking about was, um, uh, would you... Are some are some people, and maybe they're not even in here. Are some people worried about your vehicle? You know, do, maybe that's it. Are some of you worried about taking long trips with your vehicle because you're just not sure that it will make it? Because some of the comments that came in, guys, they were like, you know, I'm not going to put those kind of miles on my car. That's beating up for, again their highway miles, and again, you are putting on too many miles doing food delivery with potholes and chances of accidents being higher and all this. But my thing has always been, listen, um, this, you know, I had geezer on him and I have talked about this a, a few times that my car, it's my car, but it's my, it's my work too. So if my car is my work, um, if, if my car is my work, then, I should be putting all the miles on it I can that earn me money because they're write-offs. They make you better money than these other gig apps, but also your workmobile is supposed to be running to the ground. If you're an independent contractor, you should be begging, begging, begging for miles because come tax time, that saves your ass, dude. I mean, that gets you money back. I'm just being honest, you guys. Like I've, Curry has been a savior for me, not just in terms of like the app itself and the pay, but but Curry's been a savior for me in tax write-offs. Like if I if I were to go back to last year and the year before his taxes, like yeah, I get a child tax cre uh, uh, credit write-off for my son, but to be honest, like I still would <laughs> I still would be in some water, you know and. And those of us that don't pay our taxes quarterly, we know when that compounds at the end of a year, it's something that I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, the percentages are high. More, more than 70% of gig workers don't file their taxes until April. <laughs> now, I got to be honest, I've pushed, I have pushed the limit on my taxes before too. Um, you know, maybe not to that or whatever, but I've pushed it. You know, like you can, I mean, I could have my taxes done right now. You know, I'll do them in February. Um, I always like to see if any kind of last uh, minute like deductions or weird things. And there is some weird stuff going on that could help people with children. So stay tuned. Um, if anything happens with that, I will let you guys know. I know Tony did a video on it too, but there's some other child tax credits that they're looking at pushing through for this filing year. And while we're on that note real quick too, you guys, um, I don't know if you know this, but um, but the th the $600 threshold that the Biden administration set
for anything for any services you perform that has to be uh, declared. Now remember, <laughs> that six hundred dollar threshold that he declared, no joke. Before six hundred, it was nineteen thousand four hundred. Meaning on eBay, Etsy, um, if I have a garage sale, if I have a garage sale here in that new Biden administration, $600 threshold was in place because it was supposed to go into place last year. Then they said this year, there's not enough IRS agents. So they said, we're going to push it one more year while we get them trained. So, you know, they are doing it because they want to know who's selling what. That threshold's just way too low, though. And you can tell by that kind of move, 19400 which it's been at forever, to $600. So if Max, my, if I tell my son, hey, if you get rid of all this old furniture and this, this, and this, and run a garage sale uh, this weekend, and you do all the work, I'll let you keep half the money or something, and he makes $800, do you know we have to declare that now? I mean, that's just, I mean, would I? I'm going to be honest with you, even live. No, hell no. I don't care. That's just stupid. Um, but eBay, Etsy, that's going to be more trackable. And that's a problem. And eBay and Etsy both also allow PayPal and other forms of payment other than credit card transactions, which are very easy to track. But that they can still track them, but it's a little more difficult. So I think that that's part of the push is they just they just want to make sure that Listen, any dollar you make, they want money off that dollar. They don't, they don't care about the old thresholds anymore. If you make $5, they want their cut, period. I mean, it's ridiculous. We, all, we know that they always want taxes, taxes, taxes. And the current administration couldn't be more clear that it wants taxes, 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 taxes. Because why? Because... They fund a ton of government programs, many of which are not necessary at all. Um, you know, not to get too crazy political because I had a, quite the week last week with it. Um, but I mean, we're funding four wars. Um, we, you know, I mean, it, it, it. For those of us that work our asses off, things have got to change because. You can go buy DoorDash accounts on Facebook Marketplace. What a joke. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I had somebody say, yeah, but after a few months, they get they they catch on to that and they'll turn that account off. Okay, well, even if I, I mean, Zach found them for $60. Even if I paid $60 and I'm going to, and, and somebody tells me in three months, it'll be deactivated though. So, you know, why? Well, for an illegal that can't get a job, that's given that can buy a DoorDash account and just hook their bank account up to it. This is why so many illegals are on the platform. I mean, it's estimate. It depends on whose numbers you use, but it's it depends. But it's between seven and ten million illegals have entered this country in the past four years. So that said, gig app-based gig work is their number one way to earn. Their number two way to earn is being an independent contractor, doing roofing, doing manual labor type jobs. Now, here's the oddest thing. Again, there's no way to not be a little political about it, but close the damn border, man, until we get some things figured out. Because how in the world is the current administration saying that, um, listen, we're letting every single person in that wants to just walk across. We don't even care. We don't need to check documents. We don't give a shit. But we are going to end worker misclassification. And we are going to, because if you guys understand what the deal, in a nutshell, we discussed this. I, I asked Wilson from Pacific Legal Foundation. I said, so basically the DOL is saying, hey, listen, you independent contractors are too stupid to understand if you're making money or not. So we are going to make you all W-2 employees and we are gonna give you a union that will charge you money, but they'll help keep you in line. I don't want a union. I don't want a W-2 job. I've had W-2 jobs. I've been a salary position, which to me is even, to me, that's the ultimate. Because a salary position, I mean, you talk about W-2s, like having a schedule, and we want flexibility and to be independent. But you talk about a salary position, 
It's the worst of both worlds. You're being paid X amount. And, you know, I mean, like, I'll give you an example. I've had two salary jobs in my life. One, I won't even say where it was because it was short-lived. I had been there for a while. They promoted me to a salary position. And it was the first time I was in my 20s that I thought, this is cool. Like, I'm going to make a lot more money. That was a salary position that abused the crap out of me. They abused my hours, everything. And I saw it almost immediately. So I had been with the company for a while, but I quit uh, because I wasn't going to go back down and I didn't, I wasn't going to do that. The second salary position I took was with the laser company, which I still contract for to this day. And the agreement was that, hey, you need to move to Miami and do a salary position for two years. But here's the thing. My boss is awesome down there. And he said to me, listen, I'm a, I said, just shoot me straight though on it. He goes, this is your pay. This is your benefits package. This is your health insurance. This is, I mean, I had all the insurance I needed, everything. It was a good package. And he said, and after that, um, we can give you a raise on salary. Uh, you can go to hourly and stay here, or you can live anywhere in the country and be an independent contractor. You just have to be fully trained and certified before we can let you do that kind of work out of state. So I spent those two years getting certified, working under these people as much as possible. But he was also honest about the hours with me. And so I knew what I was get, getting into. He said sometimes, some weeks, you know, and it probably, you know, I want to say about a third of a month. So it's hard to say a week. So about 10 days out of a month, let's say. But he'd say some weeks you're here and you're fixing up lasers that have been on the road. Ones we're shipping out to permanent installs on clubs or cruise lines or things like that, you'll do about 30 hours in shop in the warehouse in Miami. Okay. Um, and then the other times you will be working gigs. And sometimes, I mean, like, I mean, when they did the changing of El Presidente in Panama, um, that was a two day event, but they sent me down there for three weeks. Now, yes, I have a hotel paid for, I have a daily per diem. I make my salary. I have national and international per diem. In countries, $50 a day. Out of countries, $100 a day, which never made a ton of sense to me because I've traveled the world doing um, gig work. And some countries, yes, but most countries are about a third to a quarter as much to do things as they are here in this country. So I was like, I mean, it's almost like you could save your per diem when you were out of country. Um, and you were getting more. So, But again, they were very honest. And so I lived through it that way. Did I have my moments of, dude, why am I killing myself? Because I'd go on the road for months and, I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. But I was getting to do amazing things, too. I worked with Aretha Franklin. I worked with uh, Sade in South and Central America. You know, I got to do the final Shania Twain European tour. Um, I saw UDM in here. I don't know if he still is. But October 18th, 19th, and 20th of this year. I know it's a ways out, but... Um, uh, those are the first three dates that Taylor Swift is back in the United States. She's starting her world tour in Tokyo in a week. And um, she doesn't come back to the United States till October. So October 18th, 19th, 20th, she is playing at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. And we have a, we have a lot of contracts with Carnival and some other Florida stuff. And Hard Rock uh, is one of them, stadium but also with many production crews. So do they? does Taylor Swift bring lasers on the tour? No. And does she have an amazing production? Yes. But they want to do something special for the homecoming shows. So I'm going to be running the lasers at the Taylor Swift shows, and I get to add her to the list too. Um, so I've, got, I've really had some, uh, some amazing people that I've got to work with. And that kind of stuff, I don't mind. Like when I go down there, I'll be offered, or I already know what it is, but I'm being offered a flat rate fee and again, it comes like a proposal. It says, hey, here's, here's your flights. Here's, here's where you'll stay. Here's what your per diem will be. Here's what the pay will be. Boom. That's, that's, that's straight up legit independent contractor right there because they're being honest. They're showing me everything I need to do. Now, if I do that to the hours, is it as appealing of a number as the big, as the big number? No, because I don't know. You never know. Like, and there's things, and for those of you that have never done production, I'll just tell you this. Um, you never know what's, what's going to be involved. Like, sometimes you go in there 
and you know you want to you want to test your bounce mirrors and your and your lasers so you're ready you've set up your program you've installed the bounce mirrors you've you've done your plotting and the programming you're ready to do a test because you're going to have to tweak it after that but they'll say oh sorry lighting has it for the next three hours why don't you come back in three hours and we can get you a 45 minute window to test so now you've worked 10 hours and in a lot of places like one of my worst places in the world to go i don't care i'm gonna say it is the anaheim convention center in outside of la in anaheim um i hate that place if you walk outside of it there's nothing but industrial park for miles i know it's not far from disney and stuff but i mean i don't have time for that kind of stuff but like you can't see anything there's not even a fast food or anything so it's like when a downtime like that happens you walk outside like okay i'll go figure out something to do for a little bit there's nothing so you walk back inside and you just sleep in some rafters or something until it's your turn um so i mean a lot of times it's not even like if the hotel's not right on site it's like you can't leave um but i mean but it all pays off it's a different attitude but i'm just comparing this because this, as I was saying, this independent contractor rule should be put to the test of everybody on a salary. And in fact, I even challenged Wilson from Pacific Legal Foundation. I got a serious laugh. I did it with John Lopez on Friday, too. I said, you know what's really strange? Um, politicians, politicians running for office are independent contractors. So... Are they going to be affected by the rule change? Because they won't be able, they'll need to be W-2 employees. Of what? Are you going to be a W-2 employee of your campaign? I mean, it kind of breaks the system because it shows you that won't work. And that's, and that's for the politicians who are trying to pass the damn law. It's like a invisible written out part for them. You know, I asked Wilson as well. I said, what about lawyers? I said, in California, you know, the day AB5 went in effect, every lawyer in the state called and said, okay, if it's if you don't carve us out by tomorrow, we're all suing you. They were carved out that night. Damn straight. But I asked Wilson, I said, under this six-prong um, independent contractor test on... Uh, on the Department of Labor rule change under acting Secretary uh, Julie Sue, which we don't even know is legal. However, they've just accepted as legal. They're moving on. Um, you know, they, I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's going to be a lot of case by case stuff. But for those, again, for those of you that don't think it'll hit the gig economy, that's thinking it won't hit me or you. And that could be true directly from the DOL. However, they can attack Uber and they can attack Lyft, Instacart. They can attack any gig app they want and they can slap them with serious, serious fines. We've been, I've been talking about it all last week with many people. These fines are huge in nature. Um, and they can slap them with these fines. And we already know. We already know what happens when they do that. They take it out of the drivers every time. Uber's not going to go, you know what? We screwed around with this for long enough. Now let's let's uh um let's just kind of own it and pay our fines. No. They they will reduce driver pay. And some of you are out there going, dude, they can't. It's literally can't go any lower. I've been saying that. I've been saying it literally can't go any lower since 2017, guys. 28, 2018. I've been doing ride shares since 2015. Since 2018, I've been saying they can't go any lower. It has never once gone up since then. They've thrown in some gamification. Take five of these in a row, jump through this hoop, bite that dog, get $100. I mean, giving you stupid little things to do. And I can, I can tell you flat out, I remember the days of rideshare when I was doing it just all the time. And I can, I can tell you that those streak bonuses and stuff, they're like, do five of these in a row. You would get four, you'd do them, and then they would make, and this is, I mean, maybe they're a little better now, but they would make, they'd make you, like, if you had five row, five trips in a row with, like, 10 minutes in between each ride, that fifth ride could take an hour or two to get, and they knew that. For what, 25, 30 bucks? No thanks. 
what I used to do during those bonuses, because they always came up now that I think you have to like click them, say you want to do them, and then they'll kind of register at first. But what I used to do was take a ride and then turn off my app and turn it right back on and reset it myself. Because I want to me, it was like, dude, don't put me in that algorithm that's going to get me shitty offers. And that makes me think that you think I'm too stupid to realize like, dude, $30, I'll do anything for that. No, I'll, I'll take a ride that I want. I'll turn it off. I'll turn it back on. And again, I, I might not take the first two and I might take the third and then I'll turn it off, turn it back on. I'm going to prove to you I'm not going for this stupid streak because it is stupid. And again, it does cross independent contractor lines. These are the issues of why we will see them come after the gig economy, you guys. Um, just saying. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's really all I had for the week. Um, next week I'm looking at having a guest, haven't had a guest in a little bit. I don't want to tell you who guys yet. Um, but I'm excited. Um, and I also am one of the CEOs. We've had two CEOs on the round table ever. <laughs> well, I've done one roundtable with a CEO before the roundtables that we do every Thursday. But on the Thursday one, we've had two. We had um, the insurance company, not Buckle, but... Uh, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on it because they're both under right now. But um, they were in, they were Chicago-based, stable. And we had the CEO from Metrobi. So in early uh, March... I have the CEO from Metrobi coming back because Metrobi's here in Denver now. And I'm, I've taken one. I've seen some pretty decent orders. Um, but I was on that wait list for a long time. And I remember when he first came on, he said, yeah, we're going to be in Denver in like two months. It, it was probably about 10 months later that they were actually here. But we know that there's hoops and blah, 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 blah. So, of course, they, you know, you can hit hiccups. You should, if somebody says two months, of course, if it takes longer, you don't come after them because, you know, hey, things happen, you know, and red tape gets in the way all the time. So you never know. Um, but they did get here and they did get to some of the other launch cities, too. So another last mile career that I've talked about only briefly, but we'll be talking about a lot more. Um, that's a wrap for this week, you guys. Um, also, uh, right now, head over to the Gig Economy podcast to catch the lighter side of Gig App. Um, economy space um those guys are fun jason and jesper um and i don't want to give away anything but you guys shouldn't miss tonight um if you've ever watched I, um yeah i can't say anymore but it started right now so um tomorrow 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific uh gig app podcast by para i have a the story of para um and then the week after we have uh stephanie v hill about the legislation that got passed um, here in Colorado, or that's getting passed here in Colorado by Senator Priola, of all people, the guy who came to the town hall and we flipped his mind. Um, and then at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we have the round table. Don't miss it. Uh, be safe, earn smart, and see you back here next week on Last Mile, if not sooner and before. You guys, be good to each other. Um, see you soon. Peace.